Well, well it, we're trying something new here, right? It's um, I, Is it a green initiative, JB? Well, it's a green initiative. So we've got here high atop mission control. Uh, good Friday to you, by the way. Eric Deems, your leader, the chief here at the Eric Deems Show, and you know it. It's Friday. The Deems List is coming your way. So we're sitting here high atop mission control. We've got the, the double screens now where uh, I'm able to see what I need to talk about, putting my notes up there. Um, don't worry, we still have uh, a little paper outline that uh, I'm uh, using, but <laughs> I guess are they gonna, they're going to hear the click of the mouse, aren't they? See if we can't. Yeah, they're going to hear that. Well, that's good. It lets them know I'm working. Working hard for them. What a week we've had, folks. It's the 19th. St. Patrick's Day was this week. They at least colored the, uh, the river green in Chicago. Remember last year they canceled that? That's when I knew this was going to be a year without any luck. It was going to be overreach, more overreach, and my goodness, should have taken bets on that. We would have won a lot of money, paid up for the pay, <laughs> made up for all of the lost wages. Uh, but no, we actually, uh, a lot of folks are getting lucky. Stimulus packages, trillions and trillions of dollars keep flowing from Washington. Um, of course, the Fed says they're not going to raise interest rates for two years. How can you make that decision at this point? I mean, with all of the potential volatility, with all of the uncertainty around Biden himself, not to mention his administration, the role of the Fed, I thought, was to prevent inflation from going out of control. So, I think what that tells us, folks, is we need to double down on assets. If you can, buy assets. Any of your uh, liquidity uh, needs to be put in. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I can't give advice on this, but I watch CNBC occasionally, and this is what they're saying. Um, the dollar is going to continue to decline, and assets are going to continue to increase, especially as inflation, out-of-control out of inflation takes over. So Go hear what the experts have to say on that, but that's what we're doing here over at the Deems household. But uh, anyway, what what are we talking about this week? Um, dueling doctors, Doctor Paul and uh, Doctor Fauci. Finally, somebody that can put Fauci in his place. Beautiful. Columbia University, the wokest of them all. They are having graduations based on your demographics. If you're black, you go to this one. If you're gay, you go to this one. If you're white, I don't think we have one for you. Iowa, Tennessee, and other states are continuing to pass um, measures that relax gun control. That's right. Constitutional carry is what they're calling it. John F. Carey wears no mask while on a plane. The photo has been circulating. And this, is, this makes perfect sense if you know John Kerry. Candace Owens and Cardi B go at it. I, I don't even want to talk about the Grammys and the poor display of... Uh, I mean, just vulgarity that we saw there. And um, what else do we have here? Oh, we have some other stuff we're not going to get to, actually. Tucker Carlson in the military, and then a hit piece in Vanity Fair against some folks in Memphis. We won't be able to get to those. We'll place them in the show notes. But let's get back to Dr. Rand Paul. So when was the last time Dr. Fauci actually saw a patient? I don't know that he ever has. I think he just wears the, the white coat and walks around telling people what to do. Well, Senator Ron Paul, I'm sorry, that's his father. Senator Rand Paul, the son. Um, Ron Paul, of course, uh, 
the goat of the Rand Paul of the Pauls. Um, but Senator Rand Paul demands Dr. Fauci point to scientific data showing vaccinated people need to wear masks, and he can't do it. And so he calls out Fauci, saying, "You're only making policy based on conjecture." And it, it was a beautiful thing to behold. It was a beautiful thing to watch. Um, Senator Paul slams Fauci, calling it theater. You're just doing theater, where mask wearing after a vaccination. Of the 30 million Americans who've had COVID, only a handful of reinfections have even been discovered. Um, not to mention the efficacy of the mask. And now you got Fauci telling folks, you know, two masks, maybe more. Well, now the data's coming in on the efficacy of the masks, and it's less than 2%. When you look at, and we talked about this back in the fall, and the data is continuing to prove out that that is the case. The CDC even says that um, you shouldn't wear those surgical masks, you know, the blue and white ones. If you're dealing with a tuberculosis person because it can't guarantee um, transmission. Well, did you know that the coronavirus aerosol particles are smaller than tuberculosis? So if they're advising you against wearing that style of mask for a larger droplet, I mean, we, no, you can't even draw the connections. You can't use logic. And what we're uncovering is that the mask wearing lockdowns and other mandates They've worked in the sense that they have allowed overreach. They've allowed authoritarian tyranny from our governors and other members on the left. Of this administration, and um, <laughs> it was interesting, these guys don't forget they were part of the past administration too. I think that when you see uh, Dr. Burks and, and Dr. Fauci, the back and forth, they're trying to use the back and forth as, well, this is the scientific method. Well, no, stop right there. The scientific method does not utilize politics in order to achieve goals. It actually utilizes facts and experiments. You've over-politicized this thing called coronavirus. The virus that started in China, what we call the CCP virus, the Chinese Communist Party virus. And that's not getting Asians killed, by the way. Communism is killing Asians. The Communist Party of China is killing China people. Don't get me started on that. So the question is, um, what's going to happen in the future? You know, Fauci's already kind of skating. He, he thinks he, he could, you can tell he's using politics because of his responses in this, right? He is already talking about the fact that um, we may need to start relaxing um, the mask mandates as more and more of the population become vaccinated even before we reach herd immunity. And you're sitting back saying, wait a minute. So if we're able to do this before we reach herd immunity, what was the excuse for shutting down the economy and eliminating people's ability to earn a living and provide for their families and keep businesses running, restaurants and small businesses running? The, the large businesses have not failed. In fact, the ability to order from them online, the companies that supply things to you online, they've essentially become big tech companies. They do their fair share of censorship. Yes, I'm talking about Amazon. Well, you've put out all of these smaller businesses because they can't comply at scale. They don't have the scale. The, well, you know, I learned something in business school. 
economies of scope and economies of scale. You know who gets to benefit from that? Really big companies and entities. The mom-and-pop one-off shop doesn't get to do that. And so Fauci and team are realizing the American people are fed up and we're tired of this. We've already reached our limit. We're at 52 weeks of the two weeks to flatten the curve. And it's over. We're done. Seems like an appropriate time to mention our faux sponsor, fakemaskusa.com. <laughs> oh, they're great. Well, I mean, even John F. Kennedy, I'm sorry, even John F. Kerry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can't believe I made that mistake. Even John F. Kerry doesn't want to wear a mat. I'm surprised the guy is flying commercial. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but... Um, the fact that Fauci is even having that conversation, which clearly isn't based in science, it's based on politics, leads me to believe we shouldn't be listening to a thing he's saying. Rand Paul, somebody who actually has dealt with and worked with and um, has patients that he's seen, right? Not just a doctor for the sake of being the expert. So kudos to him. I'm always glad whenever he gets to take the stand and have and uh, and question the the medical overreach in our community. And we've talked about the vaccinations here before. The fact that we are not allowing AstraZeneca here in the U.S., but are giving it to our friends, quote-unquote friends, in Canada and Mexico as part of negotiation deals. I mean, is anybody else scratching their head on this? Not to mention the fact that none of these vaccines have been FDA approved. They all have been approved via executive order. And not to mention that, in the truest sense of the words, they're, they're not necessarily vaccines, they're more gene therapies. I mean, the therapeutic side of it, Trump used to say this. And I have friends of mine in the medical profession who have gotten it. I have friends in the medical profession who haven't. So uh, it, it's really a mixed bag when it comes to this um, this gene therapy, this vaccine for COVID that we're talking about. Uh, time will tell. The question I wonder is, in 20 years, in 10 years, will it even take 20? In 10 years, will we have um, the ambulance chasers on TV saying, if you got your vaccine in 2020, call now? No, that probably won't happen because these companies are protected. You know, last year, the pharmaceutical company spent over $300 million dollars $300 million lobbying Congress in Washington, D.C. The oil industry, by comparison, was just over $100 million. Why do they need to lobby so much? Hmm. Questions. I guess it's all about the ROI, isn't it? You looked at some of the numbers on these things? Again, I'm probably dabbling my toe a little too far here. But... Uh, Pioneers take the arrows, and uh, somebody's got to say it. And maybe I'm the only one here on the uh, the anchor platform saying it. I don't know. Maybe that means I get canceled, but at least you're listening to it before. <laughs> so, uh, John Kerry. Yes, yes. So I met John Kerry once. What an arrogant guy. I mean, just really full of himself. And anybody that knows him knows this, right? When Teresa Hines Kerry... She dropped the carry, by the way, whenever he lost the presidency, <laughs> at least publicly. That was great. Um, 
Well, when her husband died, this the great Senator Hines from Pennsylvania, when he passed away, John Kerry joked with buddies, fellow senators, in the Senate gym saying, I'm going to marry her. Just wait. Kind of joked around saying he's going to. Well, she was a billionaire, right? Lo and behold, what happened? What an opportunist, right? And he's arrogant and he doesn't treat his staff well. I was, um, you know, when I worked on the Hill, as some of you know, I actually worked for a statesman, uh, a man who actually cared about his job and his people and didn't view himself as above them, but part of them um, with a job to fulfill. And so the senator I worked for hosted many senators across the aisle and um, and otherwise, but in, in each corner of the Senate office building, there were elevator banks and the three elevators, right? One elevator is for staff, which are about 400 staff in the building, and then the two elevators are for senator only, and there are about two or three senators on each floor. So, <laughs> oh, yes, you can understand uh, how that can get complicated. I can only imagine how it is in a COVID world where, you know, you got to measure out the six feet in the elevator, which now apparently is down to three feet. Is that right? Fauci was saying it may only be three. Oh, my gosh. It's airborne. It doesn't. What are we talking about here? I digress. Well, I'm waiting for elevators. Many times folks would be waiting for elevators. And um, Susan Collins, so nice. She would invite folks on. You have to be invited onto the senator-only elevator by a senator. You can't use it by yourself. It's, I, it, it's really just reserved for chief of staff and senator. Uh, and so... She would always invite us on. Jeff Sessions invited us on, anybody on. And um, The two guys who were the biggest a-holes, Al Franken and John Kerry. Uh, Al Franken just acted like he was still on his flip phone the whole time and never paid attention to anybody else. John Kerry and I were actually waiting. I was waiting for my elevator for the staff, and John Kerry and his body man come up, and, and they're waiting. He's senator at the time, by the way. And he was waiting for his um, elevator. And all I said was, good afternoon, Senator. Hope you're having a great day. He looked up from his Blackberry, did one of the once-overs, looked me up and down, and then went back to his phone. Didn't even say a word. Didn't say thank you. Didn't acknowledge. Not, Not a head nod. It was... Who are you? Why are you talking to me? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know I served in Vietnam? Yeah, so the fact that he's, well, the fact that he's flying commercial is just beyond me. I guess he, um, now that he's the climate czar for Biden, he has to um, do some version of practicing what he can preach. Probably not anymore. He's probably over it. He's probably, forget it. I'm back on the Gulf Stream. I don't have to wear this thing. American Airlines is looking into it. How nice. Columbia University. You know, there was a great speech back, oh, 50, 60 years ago or so. It's a great man. And um, he had a dream. And he talked about this dream. And um, he led a revolution in the civil rights movement. He talked about a future where his kids would grow up and where they would be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. 
Yes, I'm talking about MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. Folks, the woke crowd won't even listen to him. And they try to act like they are uh, champions of the civil rights, champions of everybody, unless you're white. If you're white, you don't have civil rights. Not anymore. You don't have any rights. The nat- So Columbia University having graduation, native graduation. They're having a lavender graduation, which is the LGBTQIA plus community. I, listen, I, I'm all for, if you are in that community, go for it. But can you please help me out with the, uh, just what are we doing with all these letters? We keep adding the letters. And why is it lavender? Do we know why it's lavender? Is that a favorite color? I'm going to have to ask. Yeah, well, anyway, so the Lavender graduation, which is for uh, the LGBT community. Asian graduation. See, I don't put anything there. They don't want to be uh, taken out like Dr. Seuss. You want to be descriptive on the Asian graduation. Um, FL, oh, this is where I would have been, I guess. The first generation and or low income community. I'm first generation college, so I guess I would, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Latinx graduation and black graduation. Well, what if you wanted to attend one of the other ones? What if you're identifying as uh, first generation? What if you're identifying as Latin America? What if you're identifying as lavender, native? Are you allowed to attend? Multicultural graduation gift is what they're uh, calling this. It's these are the, uh, the these celebrations. These and you just sit back and think of this. This is the problem. It's almost as if there's a whole group of folks that are threatened by the fact that we are so much more alike than we are different. And that we have to continue to expose and highlight and showcase all the differences to the point of re-engaging victimization of generations or centuries past in order to feel needed, in order to feel empowered, in order to feel desired. It's as if moving forward isn't an option. We have to stare backwards on the things that divided us in the past. Difference is beautiful. Right? I've talked about this in the previous episodes, the mosaic versus the melting pot. Preserve the mosaic, but we can all be on the same level because we are. I mean, it's America. America, you can start from anywhere and achieve anything regardless of your starting point. That may not have been the case always back in the colonial days, certainly. Back in the Jim Crow era, but you know what? We're not in those times anymore. So these woke universities, you know, universities are going to have to get focused. Now, Columbia is going to be fine. The biggest, the big boys are going to be fine. The top 20, probably the top 50 are going to be fine. But what happens when the gig is over and people realize they're just being extorted for the sake of sending their children to places where all of their values are deconstructed and they're just sent out in the world without any tools of how to put them back together. This isn't a good move. This is not a good ROI for higher education. Well, okay. Where are we now? Are we two Candace Owens? Oh, goodness. Candace Owens, a rising star on the right. 
She's recently moved to Nashville with um, Ben Shapiro's group, Daily Wire. She's starting her own show actually tonight. Well, she and Cardi B, when uh, she called out Cardi B and and the performance that occurred at the the Grammys as being vulgar, uh, as being anti-woman, as being overtly sexual, and Cardi B didn't appreciate that. Cardi B started calling her out and um, pulled up just a, a fake tweet that had been altered that suggested Owen's husband and her brother were having an affair. And I mean, it was complete, it's completely false. Um, it, it was a hit job from years ago where somebody uh, manufactured um, a fake tweet and, and then just kind of cut and pasted it onto um, a, a screenshot of Candace's Twitter page. And so here you go. She said that there, um, Candace is suing. She's suing rapper Cardi B for tweeting an alleged, allegedly false screenshot of her that suggested what I had just said. Um, and this was after she called um, the performance on the show a degenerate and disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot start throwing out wild lies against private members of my family because you're upset someone called you out on your degenerate performance. I'm thinking me and you in a courtroom debating defamation law is what's around the corner. Well, good. And, you know, she uh, Candace went on a, a bit of a monologue um, on her Instagram about this, about being a woman, about being a, a mother, and about raising young women. And watching two women... Uh, slap their genitals together in primetime television is no example to be set. In a world of Me Too, right? Andy Cuomo still going down. Everybody's calling for him to leave. It's not even worth talking about anymore. Remember, he has to be the Democrat pervert because if he's just a, a Democrat governor who failed in COVID response, well, then we have to start looking at all the other Democrat governors who have failed the COVID response. So... Uh, Me Too still strikes. But in a world of Me Too, where you're told to believe, where you're told to throw out due process and just believe women, you know, which means don't believe men and believe women for being, uh, for for being right and, and saying that they are the ones being oppressed by sexual advances from men or otherwise, I guess. You can't then turn around and make everything so overtly sexual and claim that this is the culture that you want. I don't think I'm far off here. I think sexual assault is a problem. I think the over-sexualization of society is a problem. I think Cardi B fans the flames of that problem, as well as so many others in... um, especially in the hip-hop and, and the rap industry. At, at this point, you know, decades ago, it was not the case. Um, but now it's just become so overtly sexualized. No wonder there's a problem. No wonder the young minds are listening to this and feeling like, well, that's what the song told me to do. Turn her around and... I'm not even going to say some of the... I was watching... Somebody sent me a TikTok the other day. And I said, this person has had a million one views? Are you kidding me? And the song in the background was so vulgar. 
But this is the norm. This is, this is, this is what we come to accept. This is the reason I started the show, one of them at least, cultural stewardship. It falls to each of us. We have to be willing to call this stuff out and say, no, this is wrong. Cardi B, you have the freedom to express however you want to. But we do not have to consume it. And primetime television used to be a place to earn the rights. You earn your ability to be there. But now, the Academy Awards, the Foreign Press, all of these folks that are making decisions on awards have gotten so woke that we're going to have to create our own, I think. Not just conservatives, just people that value talent regardless of who, from who it comes. We're going to have to create our own awards. Because talent is only valued in these places if uh, a certain percentage of the creation staff or the folks there are minorities. And, blah, blah. and you know what quotas do? Quotas devalue the awards. John Stossel was talking about this in a recent deal. Whenever you have to require 30% of your staff to be this makeup or this difference, this demographics, are you creating? No, that's not freedom of speech. That's freedom of speech with the asterisk that says, if you want your speech to go anywhere, then you've got to conform to the woke police. Well, good on Candace Owens for calling out Cardi B. And um, she, we're a fan of, of Candace, and I know she's a fan of us. And so keep it going. We're rooting for you. What else do we have here? Oh, finally, states are going to have to start passing their own gun control measures. Yep, Iowa's done it. Tennessee's done it. Other states are working on it. Constitutional carry. Some states already have the constitutional carry because they actually believe the words of the Constitution. Well, um, with the federal government cracking down because uh, the American people didn't realize what was going to happen and, and bought into the um, the lie that uh, Joe Biden is actually still Joe Biden. No, he's just the puppet hanging out front. I mean, the guy, it is elder abuse. He's, he's not there. And it's the bait and switch. Um, everything that he's pushing forward through executive orders and through the uh, runaway Congress is essentially the... Uh, the Bernie Sanders, the Kamala Harris wing of the party, the most progressive of the far left. So, of course, they're coming for guns. This is what they do. Diane Feinstein, you know, as they prop her up, she's finally able to say something and do something that she loves doing, except when it comes to her own personal protection, the bodyguards that travel with her. But, you know, again, she's part of that crowd. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, so these states are having to crack down and, and pass the constitutional carry. If you are not a criminal, you do not have a criminal background, and you're a citizen, well, you get to carry, open or concealed. The Constitution is pretty clear that you have that right. What did you want to hear about? Reach out, would you? I'm on the socials, as you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Eric Deem Show, and of course, chief at ericdeemshow.com. We're also following, just so you know, the George Floyd uh, death, as tragic as that was and as despicable as it was, um, the officer that uh, was filmed for keeping his knee on uh, George Floyd's neck for nine minutes, 
appalling, disgusting. But uh, that that case is now going to trial. They're seating the jury now. We'll be following that. So uh, more to come on that in the in the coming weeks, no doubt. But uh, what else? Any other news stories you'd like to hear about? Well, if I deem them important, we'll do it. Until next time, see you in the socials.